Welcome to the Music City Scene, a podcast for independent musicians and independent listeners. Coming to you from the Music City of Nashville, Tennessee, we will do interviews with independent musicians, focusing on and telling the story behind their music, their journey, and where you can hear and see them. In addition, we'll provide tips and places to go and things to do when you are in the Music City. Welcome to Music City Scene, where, like our intro music by Ronnie Crutcher off his Crutchero CD, it's a scorcher out there. It's true. And right now, in Nashville, Tennessee, it, it's a scorcher. A heat wave has descended upon us, and I think we've got some of the hottest weather that we've had this year, and we're going to be in the high 90s, mid to high 90s through next week. This is episode four. And today I'm going to switch it up on on you a little bit. Uh, As we move forward, we may have weeks where we don't have a guest that we will interview. Uh, There will be weeks where I will have a co-host. And this week, I have my first guest co-host, and his or her name is Jennifer Jenkins. This is my wife. Say hey. I do self-identify as a her. Hi, everybody. So she's going to join me on this. And to give you an idea of what the format is to move forward... um, some episodes will be in what I call this is kind of more of a, a review format and other interview or other episodes will be in an interview format. Some episodes may have a guest co-host and others may not, right? That's right. That's what we're thinking. In review format, I am going to have a segment that I call Sucking on a Chili Dog. And you, you may scratch your head and say, well, gosh, where did that come from? That sounds odd. Talk about in that segment, an area in Nashville that we highlight and we talk about things, places to go, things to do, places to eat, places to hear music. And also during that review format, I'm going to talk about interesting new music I've come across that's that's worth sharing. But as far as the whole sucking on a chili dog thing, I'm going to come back to that here in a second. Talk about this COVID thing real quick. We can do that. And I, I wish I would have known that sucking on a chili dog was on the agenda today. I would have worn my sucking on a chili dog t-shirt, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the COVID in Nashville, it's it's real, it's legit, probably like everywhere else. So we have we have the COVID going on just like everyone else, and you know the interesting thing is just looking on social media of what is going on downtown Nashville, and whether it's whether this is fake news or not, I don't think it is because the it was on Facebook and I saw a video of somebody. It going, must be real. Yeah, it was on the Facebook. Well, I didn't I didn't dig into it, but. I see people in downtown bars in Nashville. I mean, just lots of people hanging out, no mask. There's a couple of people that I saw with a mask, but it's just, come on, guys. Look, wear a mask. It's not hard. But I think that's what's maybe unique about Nashville. It's such a, a place where people come to be out and about and, and go from place to place, venue to venue, try and enjoy music, try and bounce around. But when you're going in and out in over a 100, 100 degree heat index wearing a mask, I'm sure it's it's not fun. It's not as comfortable. But if that's what you want to do with your time, that's the option you have. We went today, we went for a long walk today and out and about in the farmer's market and you had to wear a face mask. And I can attest to it. It can be can be uncomfortable, especially when you're hot and sweaty. But that's what that's the phase we're in. If you're going to be in a public place and enjoy all the cool things Nashville has, your option is wear a face mask and be safe. I think that's the um, public service announcement that we had today, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, that's the, the city is awesome. It's great. You want to be out and about in it, but it's just a you got to do it differently to, 
now. Can't walk around without pants on, right? Well, exactly. No shirt, no shoes, no service, no mask, no service. I agree with it. Somebody uh, somebody was talking about it's their God-given right not to wear a mask. And I thought, well, it's your God-given right not to wear pants in public either. But you can't do that. So just follow follow uh, follow what it's required. And when you're at home or you're in a park and you're you know spread out from people, don't worry about it, about wearing that mask. Now, if you leave your house without pants... <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's our two cents on that. So let's get into the sucking on a chili dog segment. And so you say, where did this come from? Well, obviously, John Cougar Mellencamp inspired it, but Columbus Presley actually brought it to life. Yeah, and you have to, it is quirky. So let's go there. We have some quirky friends who, um, one of those evenings where everybody's sitting around said, you got to go check this out and brought up the Clown Vis Presley YouTube videos. And that was the song that we played. And being that we were feeling lighthearted, we just thought it was hilarious. So we watched it repeatedly, laughed and laughed. It's very funny. And yeah, it's a parody on Jack and Diane, but he basically just uses that Sucking on a chili dog is really most of the lyric of the entire song. It's it's pretty funny, so check that out. So maybe you can help me explain the sucking on a chili dog segment. Why why am I doing this and why do I call it that? You, well, you you probably do it better than I can. I don't know about that, but um, because I'm not a fan of chili dogs myself. But some of our friends were you guys had gotten the idea of going and building on the sucking on a chili dog concept to go find great chili dogs I around. Did, I did buy the sucking on a suck, sucking on a chili dog.com. So that's under development, but go on. And I was going to build that out as a chili dog review site. We, we really didn't know what we were doing with it. They were just so tickled by the concept. So we'd it, had a few drinks that night. Anyway, so the thought is you and your buddies were going to go find some of the best chili dogs around town. Well, in the process now, I think you can build that concept out to say, let's just talk about all the great food and restaurants and music places around town. So maybe the second on the chili dog can just be the theme for that segment. Um, But there's some great places besides chili dogs. There's a lot of chili dog places in Nashville. There are. I'm not a fan, so I'll I'll be uh, probably more interested in some of the others you have to talk about. Well, so for this episode in the segment sucking on a chili dog we are going to talk about germantown and salem town in nashville which is we're coming to you from germantown from the the g-town studio and i'm gonna expand it a little bit but let's just basically say if you looked at a map of nashville and you drew a line from top golf to the state capitol uh, to the farmer's market to Rosa Parks and I-65 and back to the Cumberland River and then back to Topgolf. This is the area we're talking about. It's like a, it's an oblong shape that's north of, of downtown. It's not all North Nashville, but it's part of it. And the historic Germantown and Salemtown neighborhoods, which are here, and, you know, this is where the studio is. And I, I hear that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, Germantown was where they buried the bodies. <laughs> heard that right well yeah i've heard this was for for a while i and i think it actually stems all the way back to kind of post-war era where the german working class were kind of pushed out felt um uh kind of pushed out of the community and and i think the community kind of went into some disrepair and became um became just underserved and a lot of a lot of trouble went down here so yeah for a while when we first moved here to nashville 
in this area, it was just a part of town that people said, you know, there was just no destination, no reason to come down here. But it's been, um, it's definitely been revitalized. I think you can see all the progress that's been made, a lot of investments. Some of it is the gentrification, town, parts of town in, in many cities that gets gentrified. But I think what's nice about Germantown is I feel like it's keeping a nice blend, a mix of all the things, all cultures, all aspects um, of what the city has to offer. So like to keep it that way. Yeah. And so, you know, really within Germantown, and I sat down and I started looking at this, I just can't believe how many either restaurants or a couple of years ago, we really didn't have any music venues here. And, and now we've got a few, um, but you know, restaurants, for instance, that are in this area, and we're going to talk about ones that have music or entertainment, but, um, you know, Von Elrods, which is next to Sound Stadium. That's a great one. Yeah, it's German influence. I guess it's kind of the beginning of German town. It's kind of a neat little place to go when you're here because it's got German and homemade sausages and great food, great brunches. Rolf and Daughters, which is just not too far from where we're sitting right now, which is, I don't know, it's a little more formal. Wouldn't you say that? It is. It's it's the higher end cuisine, more small plate, um, smaller venue, you know, kind of handcrafted cocktails. I've only been there a few times, but delicious food, but you're not going to go there to fill up on a big plate of food. Bearded Iris, which once again, it's a stone's throw from where we're sitting, and it is a, a brewery first, and it's a tap, tap room second. They don't serve food there. It's just beer. And if you're from out of town and you decided you wanted to go there, if you go to the Bearded Iris and you might question your Uber or your taxi driver that they're dropping you off in a bad place. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Well, at first, I think they've really dressed it up quite a bit over the past couple of years, year or two with a nice outdoor deck and red red umbrellas and some murals on the side but for a while there it's kind of right behind a utility plant area so There's you you do feel like petroleum you, plant or petroleum area I think it's just the electric the power plant There's all kinds of stuff yeah so you kind of do think where in the world is it but it's a great brewery a lot of hoppy stuff if you're into that and during normal times when you can go and sit around and enjoy they what was always fun is they always had board games so you grab a bunch of people and go and play like Chinese checkers or Uno and it's just kind of a fun vibe. One that we're going to spend a little more time on is the Farmer's Market that has multiple venues as well as music. And we, I think pre-COVID, we were going down there every weekend on Saturday and Sunday and listening to music and having a cup of coffee. That's right. Yep. They built out the interior really nicely. So a little sh some shops, coffee shops, little uh, food venues outside. They've got food trucks a lot of times, so you get a little variety there. And then obviously all of the um, kind of farmer, homegrown, natural grown foods. Great, great selection. And, there, and when we go down there, it's, it's a large open area where 
they've got an independent singer songwriter that's there's a guy that's down there that's on the piano that's kind of more like a you know a Billy Joel or even an Elton John he plays a lot of that stuff plays a lot of Beatles a lot of covers and uh, there's times where you get down there and there's somebody that's uh, you know acoustic guitar that's right he's got a young prodigy that usually plays with him down there did you ever figure out who that was I think it's his son son nephew something like that he's pretty good you can tell he's enjoys it and it's a very casual so it's it's it, it's kind of a everybody's welcoming so it's a casual environment where he can get on there and just play and explore and he's pretty talented i think i think the farmer's market is one of those places where if if you're from out of town and you come here it's kind of like one of those morning places or mid to late morning early afternoon places you go before you're going to go out to some other venues and see some other things you know, when I used to work downtown, though, we would walk down there for lunch. Just, again, some really unique food options. And it's within walking distance of not just Germantown, but even the downtown area for business people. So it's a great, great hub. Right next to it is the um, the, the park, Bicentennial so Bicentennial park. park. So right outside, you've got a, a great place to walk and kind of take in some history of Nashville throughout the park. Don't forget the Tennessee State Museum, which is really cool. Right next to it. Yeah, that's recently opened too, just in the past, what, year? Yep. So if you're looking for something to get out of the outside, maybe it's a rainy day or it's a cold day, Tennessee State Museum is a good place to go kill a few hours and it doesn't cost a dime. That's what I was going to say. That's what makes, there's not much around Nashville that's completely free. Uh, That is. And we've spent a couple of trips there just in smaller bites you know an hour and a half here an hour and a half there there's plenty to take in to keep you coming back yeah definitely and you know adjacent to that is sound stadium where you know the nashville sounds play when they're actually playing baseball but we're not getting that this year so that's kind of a downer um other things over here in germantown we've got jonathan's grill 312 pizza Big Al's Deli, which maybe we'll talk about Big Al's later, but if you're looking for a place where your your shoes stick to the floor and you can get a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit that's, I think their website says something about your tongue slapping your brains out. That's that's that kind of food. But uh, another place I wanted to talk about was the local distro, which I don't know if it's not really, it's a restaurant slash market general store. Yeah, general store. They do catering. They do brunches. They do Taco Tuesdays. They've got a little outdoor space. You can take your dogs, hang out, play some cornhole or those types of things. So neat little hub. It's also fairly new. They took an older building and completely rehabbed it. And um, nice little pillar in the community, nice little element of the community. They're pretty active on social media as well. So and I, and I wouldn't say it's really a, a destination for somebody from out of town, but, you know, you've got something in the middle of this neighborhood if you want to stop and get something to go. Um, you know, they have wine. <laughs> Their wine shop. They probably have six or seven different bottles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's good know, stuff, though. But I would, I'm calling it a music venue because we were in there one morning – Oh, it was last year, probably November 2019, probably before Thanksgiving or right around that time. And there was a guy in there uh, strumming on his guitar and singing a song. And uh, they invited some of the homeless people from across the street because there's a mission down there. And 
uh, the guy wanted to test the song out on him, and we got to sit there and, and listen to it. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. I don't. Well, he he invited people in from off the street, and being that it's right next to the mission, it was an interesting crowd. He brought Very in, funny. bought everybody coffee, sat down, and played some of his music, and it was just really neat because it it stirred something inside of people. A lot of memories. It was kind of Christmas music at the time, so everybody was kind of in a in a jovial mood. I'm gonna throw these out really quickly because we're going to get to one more or well we're going to get to a couple more we'll go into but other restaurants in germantown jack brown's grill shack veggie village uh germantown pub monell's which actually monell's is a true nashville gem i think it's been around for quite some time and it's uh, everything is served what family style that's right i don't think this is the original monell's but it is in a old home and it is kind of a family style service and delicious home cooking yeah uh city house 312 pizza fifth and taylor mother's ruin which opened and just opened right before or around christmas last year and it's a it's a uh, restaurant that is actually based in new york city so that this is the second location here in nashville and, you know, these guys worked really hard to get this place open. Um, and, you know, they haven't really been able to run it this year. And maybe for a couple of months before COVID shut it down. And now it's been open and closed a few times. It's good stuff, though. We, we've been in once or twice. And yeah, neat, neat decor, neat bar, good food. There's Steadfast Coffee, Barista Parlor, Waldo's, Juice Bar, Vui's Kitchen for a little uh, Vietnamese. There's Henrietta Red, St. Stephen, uh, Taylor Nashville, which is, you know, I think they tailor the meal and there's you have to make a reservation and there has to be, is it like 20? I don't know. It's a different place where you, you're not just going to show up at Taylor Nashville, T-A-I-L-O-R. You're not just going to show up there and, and go eat. You have to make a reservation, I think online before you do anything. Pretty. It's a, it's a different concept. That's one we just recently discovered, so we ha- haven't really checked it out yet. Butcher Town, which is actually one of my favorites, which is uh, again within a, a throw, a stone's throw from where we're sitting right now, uh, which is kind of a, a more modern take on Texas like barbecue, wouldn't you say? Yeah, with a little street Mexican food flair. Yeah. Um, Oku sushi. Hmm. Delish. You ate there. Oh, I've eaten there two or three times. Great stuff. The Optimist, which just opened. I don't, we haven't been there yet, but I think that's uh, fish and... Yeah, seafood, seafood. oysters, that type yeah. of thing, I think. Uh, samurai Sushi and The Goat, which The Goat is kind of nestled up against the Cumberland River. Yeah, it's in the base of a kind of a mixed-use apartment and um, some commercial space there, but... It's nice. It, it can open wide up. I think there's a few around Metro Nashville. I don't know how many there are. But I think there's one in, o- they're in Ohio, too. Okay. They're kind of like a specialty chain. That's that's Aspen. Aspen, do you have something to we say? We have a moaning dog. It groans. She groans and moans. Yeah, we're real people, so we have our dogs <laughs> in here with us. Um, but no, back to the goat. The goat is a place that you could go on probably most nights. After six o'clock and have live music, it's probably just going to be one, you know, singer songwriter with an acoustic guitar. So it's not going to be a big production. Um, it's not a singer songwriter 
place, but it's one of those places where you can go and you can hear original music and you can probably hear covers as well. And we've been, that's a place we go a lot. And, it, and they do have great food. So that's, that's the ones, all of those that we just mentioned are open. Um, a few that are closed due to the tornado and COVID, but we hope they'll come back soon. I mean, that uh, maybe people don't realize, but that was the crazy timing of all this is that first part of March, Nashville got hit with a, a very serious tornado in Germantown, as well as parts of West Nashville and East Nashville, all the way down through Mount Juliet. The, the city was hit really hard, but Germantown lost a lot of venues, a lot of um, living space, a lot of uh, multifamily living or, or apartment complexes were really hit. So we're still waiting for things to come back, and hopefully in the next uh, you know year or so, it will bounce back. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at this list of of restaurants, and it's just I mean, these are the classics. These are great places: Silo, Germantown Cafe, the Red Bicycle, uh, Neighbors Bar and Grill, which had just opened maybe a year before that. And there is music there when it's open, but that's a great place. Mm-hmm. Geist, Sedona Tap House, Third and Home is one that's never been able to open. Back corner at Fifth and Taylor, which again, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a, it's like fifty yards from here. You know, some nights they have singer songwriters in the round, and then on Friday and Saturday night it turns into a DJ going boom, 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 boom till what <laughs> one in the morning. You hear a little bass going. And uh, you know what? If you live downtown or you live in an area like this, you just should expect it. So I don't complain. Brooklyn Bowl, which was set to open in, I think it was opening in early March or late February. I don't know that it ever opened. I think they're trying to open now. It's just, you know, it's it's very hit or miss. The, the phases we're going through are, uh, I think people are trying to adapt. So we still haven't been in there yet. It's right in the same complex as Third and Home, right next to the Sounds. the Sound Stadium. So it'll be a great area when things get back to normal. You can have live baseball, go to these great restaurants, go hang out and do apparently some bowling. Yeah, they have bowling. They have bowling, they have food, and they have a 1,200 seat. Kind of music venue type uh, of thing? Yeah, a music venue. A little auditorium. or mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, um, oh, one last one, Smokehouse on 6th. I would be remiss not to mention this. They are closed. Now, we frequented that quite a bit because, once again, it's probably a two-minute walk from here. And the one thing about Smokehouse on 6 is they make mac- macaroni and cheese in a waffle iron. Yes. It's like crack. It was, that was amazing. So that's, that's, that was an interesting thing. And they have music at that location as well with you know kind of acoustic, smaller bands. They don't have a lot of space for that. But the other thing that they do have there is when the weather's nice, you can go sit out on the patio and play cornhole. A lot of outdoor space. And that seems like it would be able to open soon because it's all socially distanced. But Except for the inside. It's, you're really, it's yeah. really tight. It's, it reminds me of if you've ever been to St. Louis and gone to a neighborhood bar, it's kind of like one of those, but it has the outdoor space. So lots of things to do. I mean, no reason to still not come to Nashville if you've got friends coming in or there's plenty to do. You just kind of have to do a little research before you head out. Yeah, I mean, seeing the... Uh, the tours with the trolleys do have people here. Uh, you know, I don't think it's 
You hear on the news that Nashville is a hot spot. Maybe it is. We're not. I'm not seeing it so much like that, but I'm not going out and about a lot. When we do see the trolley tours, we saw them today, and everybody on the trolley tour has a mask on. And I don't know if it must be required on the sure. trolley tour. You know, people are still coming to town. Not everything is going to be open. I think we're in this phase two scene where if you're a bar, but you don't serve food, you can't be open. So just kind of giving people an idea of what's going on here with that right now. And uh, let's move on to our final segment. And in these reviews where we don't have an interview, we'll do a, a review on a artist that I came across. Is new to me. May not be new to some of you. I don't know everything there is to know about music, do I? Well, then why are you doing this podcast? Yeah. I guess well, you're not the expert on it all? I'm a fan. That's right. I'm a fan. I grew up, and I really didn't have that appreciation of music as a younger person. Well, we were we were fed what we would like, usually either on the radio, MTV, or uh, from, your par- from your parents. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there goes the music, uh, the MTV intro. Yeah, that's that's the man how, on the moon. <laughs> that's, how, yeah, that's how we got our music. Yep. And you know, I picked up a guitar about twenty years ago, and I just really liked the sound of it. And so I got to start listening to people like Johnny Cash, um, Guy Clark. Which, if you don't know who Guy Clark is, check him out. He's the he's the godfather or the grandfather of country music. It's where he comes from. But good stuff and bringing it all the way up to today. I don't I don't really listen to the radio like AM or FM radio unless I'm in a spot where I absolutely have nothing else. Right. That's right. And I think what you've always appealed what what appealed to you as you started listening to guitarists. Well, the, the acoustic sound is just so natural and organic, but yet you overlay great storytelling, which is what most of these songs are. So part of it is about the rhythm and the rhymes, but part of it is just about storytelling, and it's so real and it's so authentic. So that's the genre I feel like you've always connected with. Yeah, Bob Seger told some really great stories in his He songs. told hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories of which we hear on every road trip we're ever on. Love Bob. But... This isn't about Bob. Harry Chapin, Harry another great too. storyteller. Now, I was up at my hunting lease on Friday and Saturday. Went up Friday morning. I worked. And this, this is the other thing. I do have a real job outside of this. So I, I do work. But I went up on Friday morning. I worked up at the lease because we have a place that we stay at. And uh, Friday afternoon, I was able to you know start working on the... The tree stands in the corn and the stuff that we do up there. And I was driving over to the co-op in Marion, Kentucky, and I couldn't get any YouTube music or Google music or you know iTunes to come through on my phone because there's no internet service up there or no Wi-Fi. Um, you couldn't so, get iTunes on your phone anyway, just for right. the record. If I'm, you haven't already clarified that, you're an Androider. I am an Android. And so you're missing out on the whole iTunes thing. Anyway, that might have been part of the problem. Yeah. Well, no. So I was listening to 
I was searching for stations on FM radio and I hit the seek button and it stopped on this station and I can't even remember what it was, but this song was on and I was like, man, that is a great song. Who is this guy? And the opening line from that song said, you can go to hell, my dear. You'd probably like it better there. I'm like, what a song. This thing's great. Here, let me oh, see. Oh, did you miss me? Let me see if I can't. I don't know if I can get in trouble for this, but I'm going to try to play a line out of this song. I don't have it connected. I'm going to dub it in later. No, I can't. I'm going to do it here. Tyler Childers, huh? Tyler Childers. Guys, awesome. You can go to hell, my dear. You'd probably like better there. So there you go. I'm not playing anymore. I might get in trouble by the FCC. Um, so the next time we have any little riff or dispute in the house, is that is that what's going to be going through your head? No, that's not what the song's about. You okay. Have to, you have to listen to the full song. <laughs> Um, but Tyler Childers from Paintsville, Kentucky, born in 1991, primarily country, bluegrass, and folk is what he's going to have, recorded his first album in 2011 with his backup band called The Food Stamps. Sounds like they were doing really well. <laughs> well, they were from Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> And, yeah, I think that's kind of coal country. I think they said that uh, Chris Stapleton and uh, Loretta Lynn came from up there. So that's interesting, but, you know, he's been playing music, I think it said, since he's like 13 years old. And in 2011, started recording, and he finally had success, really, in 2017, when Sturgill Simpson... And for those of you that listen that don't know who Sturgill Simpson is, and I'm going to have some listeners that are going to be like, well, who the hell doesn't know who Sturgill Simpson is? But there's people out there. And Sturgill Simpson had, per the Rolling Stone, one of the top 50 albums in 2014, and it was at number 18 per Rolling Stone. Per NPR, it was one of their 50 favorite albums in 2014. And then later... Uh, he had the best country album that won a Grammy in 2017 with A Sailor's Guide to Earth. So Just recently, just a few years ago. A few years ago, but just if you don't know who Sturgill Simpson is, check him out. He's good. But he produced this first successful album, the one that really got Tyler Childers on the map, and it's called Purgatory. It was recorded at the butcher shop. The Butcher Shop in Nashville. Also a great place to visit. I've never been there. I think it's an actual butcher shop. Well, let's look. I should have done that before we got on here. The Butcher Shop. Oh, let's see here. The Butcher Shop label. Oh, no. That's a label. That says serving... Oh, that's in Cordova. That's in uh, Memphis. No, so the butcher shop is just a recording label. Recording it looks like studio. Um, but you know, moving beyond that, with that, uh, in 2020, Tyler Childers was a Grammy nominee. 
in February of 2020, he played four nights of sold-out shows at the Ryman. And probably some of the last shows that were there before COVID hit, because I think that was back in February. But, you know, I would tell you, check out Tyler Childers. The guy's got some great stuff. Uh, that song that I played, it's called Dead Man's Curve. It's off a live Red Barn Radio album. And I checked out Red Barn Radio. If you don't know of this, it's a pretty cool place where they've got some interesting music that's it's pretty much Kentucky. It's a Kentucky-type music uh, venue that's online. Or at least right now they're online. So that's, that's it. That's Tyler Childers. Um, I think at this point, you know, one more thing I wanted to say is where is music going in 2020? What do you think? And I don't know if you're, you're looking at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, I, well, I think one thing that's interesting, and I've heard a few, but I have a feeling there'll be a lot more coming, are songwriters who've just tapped into what everybody calls the new normal, new ways of life. But I think it's there's a lot of self-reflection, a lot of what people mean to you, social distancing changes things. But I've heard a few songs start to trickle out with that as a bit of a theme. I'm wondering if the mindset of all the things that we're facing, all the challenges, all the friction, obviously there's um, kind of the Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of things going on that are weighing on people. I have a feeling that stuff is going to influence people who are being creative and, and writing what's on their mind right now. So I don't know if we'll hear it in 2020, but I think that could be something about where it's going. I think you're right. But I also think that you made a point there. You said, I don't think we'll hear it in 2020. And I think that that's what I'm hearing from the people that we've interviewed at this point. They're not stopping writing, but they're not pushing to get new music out there or released because... It's hard to do. Well, and but yeah, it is hard to do. But an artist is... An artist gets paid not by music downloads. And that's the thing we've heard again and again. It's like, look, I don't care about a million Spotify downloads. That might buy enough to you know, buy lunch at Wendy's. That's it. So really where these guys make money is on the performance end and touring and, and merch sales, that type of thing. So I think that's, that's the other thing that we've seen is this change in how that music gets out. And I, and I also think, I think this is a good opportunity for the independent musician right now because there isn't a lot of Carrie Underwoods, Tim McGraw, um, Brad Paisley's that are actually able to tour and do that much. Now, I think that we're starting to solve problems where they can do that. What they had that drive-in show, yep. three, three shows, three days at Nissan Stadium. Right. That's right. I, the people will have to get creative, but there are so many of them without live venues to go perform in who've turned to the online platform, platform, live streaming, their fans chiming in there. And I, I believe that the way social media works and all the algorithms, the more I watch some of those, the more I'm being fed. So there's probably some exposure to unknown artists that just by putting themselves out there with live streams or recorded yeah. something more organic than going to and having to get um, a job on a stage to get a to get a gig, you can just do it on your own, and I think fans will find you. Yeah, I think I think technology has a lot to do in, in playing in that, and it's just like Google. 
I was using Google Music. And the they Google. Just, the Google Music. <laughs> they converted that over to YouTube Music. And I'm just interested to see how that is going to, you know, how much their engineers have dug down and, and tried to analyze with an algorithm what I'm listening to or what you're listening to. Right. And then come back with suggestions. Well, we think you'll like this. And the question is, is, you know, the Nashville music machine going to run that or is it really going to be organic the way the algorithm would say it should be, right? Right. Or algorithm. Mm-hmm. Oh, out al- algorithm, algorithm. Yep. You got it. But, but I, we, I think the whole thing is you have to figure out how people make money at it. How did, how does an artist make money at it in order to spend the time and effort to put it out there? Well, and I think that's the big thing before we go that I wanted to say is if you have an independent artist that is doing a Facebook live show or they're doing some other type of, you know, live stream, maybe you bought a $5 ticket to be able to access that stream or a $10 ticket. And that's great. That is one way that you can support them. But regardless, if you buy a ticket or it's a free show like on Facebook Live, support these guys. Tip them. I was not able to watch Ronnie Crutcher do his show last night. Now it's on YouTube or it's on Facebook and I can go watch it. But, you know, I I appreciate what Ronnie does. I went ahead. I tipped him. Absolutely. And, and Keep so going. I, I think that's the other thing. As it, once venues start to open up and you see a band or a singer-songwriter performing, that's how they make their money. That's right. That and some merchandise from time to time. Yep. You've got the high jivers. They've been putting out some new shirts and jumping in and buying some things from time to time will help support them. Yeah. Uh, check out Clownvis. We mentioned him earlier. And, you know, Clownvis has a Facebook live show that I think he's doing it three days a week now from nine to 10 central time. It's very quirky. Oh, it's, it's funny. To um, some. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's got all kinds of merch and he's got Squeeb as his alien and, uh, Bernita. I think you need to drink a few um, beer or bottle, glasses of wine to or, really get into it. Or but if he's you're in funny. one of those states that has legalized the cannabis Green, greenery, uh, yeah, you might you might be a little high. But anyways, I think uh, I think that's all we got for today. Well, this was fun. I didn't know kind of what was going on down here in the uh, studio. He recently got a sign that can flash on air. Which basically just means my job is to keep things quiet in the house while uh, while there's some recording. So thanks for letting me come see behind the scenes, and this is fun. Well, thanks for joining us, and you know maybe us, me and you the and dogs. the dogs, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe a, you know you're kind of hot. Maybe I'll have you back. <laughs> Speaking of a scorcher in Nashville, <laughs> <laughs> it is a scorcher. We're out. Thanks a lot. <laughs>